Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained with your hosts, Karen Frazier and Rick Hale. It is Thursday night, and if you can hear our voices, you're exactly where you need to be. She is Karen Frazier. I am Rick Hale. This is Paranormal Underground Radio at hazyradio.com. Welcome. So, Karen, welcome back. Thank you. How are you lately? I haven't talked to you. We haven't talked in a long time. How's, how's things? Uh, well, you know, we had the holidays, and um, yeah. then I how had my holiday? little... Uh, my holiday was great, and then I had my little bout of not sleeping where I could fall asleep, but I couldn't stay asleep. And we were talking to Lloyd Auerbach last week, and there was no way I was going to come on the air and just make an ass out of myself because I was so tired I couldn't think. Yeah. It just Have wasn't going to happen. <laughs> do you ever try, like, melatonin or anything like that? Yeah, I do. But it's my problem isn't falling asleep. It's staying asleep. Um, oh. You know, and I've had it. I get it uh, probably about twice a year where I'll have a, a period of about a week to a week and a half where I – fall asleep fine but i'm awake within two hours and can't go back to sleep and you know every night and and so i just sort of write it out and i don't know why but about twice a year okay yeah i mean it or not (laughs) (laughs) yeah i uh i I used to have major bouts of um of uh of of that i just i couldn't sleep or if i did fall asleep i didn't i couldn't stay asleep and i tried things like ambien ambien didn't help finally i just started taking like a fistful of melatonin and you know shooting it down with a shot of jack no i'm joking about that but uh (laughs) but yeah that you know what and that finally worked and it you know i went to sleep stayed asleep you know got up six or seven hours later and felt great yeah well i actually did um i i was able to sleep i think thursday last thursday night and then Mm -hmm. i did wake up this morning at two and couldn't go back to sleep but i went back to bed at like about 7 30 after tanner went to school and slept for a couple hours so i don't know i just maybe um i i think that my sleep patterns are starting to change a little bit unfortunately i have a rather non-traditional job so i can do that so do i you know i can wake up in the middle of the night and I can, um, you know, write and do my stuff in the middle of the night if I wake up and then just go sleep during the day. So it, it, it all works out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, before we go any further, I just want to kind of let, you know, preview our guest uh, to let everybody know who we have on tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking with Pat- uh, Patricia Brooks. She's the author of God is in the Little Things, Messages from the Animals. Uh, she is an animal totem intuitive an angel card reader, and an angel healing practitioner. So I know one of those things. And uh, so I, I'm really looking forward to talking to her. Yeah, me too. It should be it should be a fun show. And um, later in the show, you know, our listeners can stand by because we'll give out a number. And she has agreed to do um, two or three animal totem readings for our listeners. Okay. So right. that will be terribly exciting. So not for us, for our listeners. Right. Yeah. And you, know, you guys can call in and, you know, we yeah. get like an animal intuitive totem thing. I know. I, I'm pretty sure I know what my totem animal is. It's always been the wolf. I figure mine is something really stupid like the platypus. <laughs> <laughs> Some, you know, really crazy messed up 
some really crazy messed up animal. That's probably my totem. Yeah, the the, uh, <laughs> the platypus, the meth head of the animal kingdom. That's right. Or, you know, like maybe, um, well, I'm not tall, so it's probably not the giraffe. But maybe mm-hmm. like the the thing that looks like the zebra giraffe, like it's an o- okapi or an opaki or something like that. You yeah, know, I'm, some, yeah. I'm something like that. I'm one of those giant squid, maybe, you know. Kraken. Okay. Hey, my totem animal's the kraken. Unleash the kraken. <laughs> So here's here's what here's what what I got going on right now. I am one step closer. Well, first off, as everybody knows, I don't know if everybody knows this, but I'm working on this um, documentary with Luke Millet. We have him on next week, and um, the Ghost Tapes too. And I we are one step closer to being given access to one of the most haunted locations in Northern Illinois. And if we gain access to this place, we are going to be the first and only paranormal group that will ever investigate this place. That's very cool to be able to yes. do that. We've we've had a few locations where we've been the only team to go in mm-hmm. ever and probably ever will be. We have one that is an ongoing one for us right now. And right. um I like that. It's it's neat. It it is neat to feel and especially if it's something you can do on an ongoing basis. So I hope right. that works out for you. That's really exciting. Yeah, I would I would talk about the activity that we have in, but unfortunately, well, no, fortunately, unfortunately, no, you know, considering your point of view, um, my good friend, spiritual mentor, and the medium of our group, Nancy Laporta, she is in the chat room right now. So I am not giving anything away to you, Nancy, no matter how hard you beat me. There you go. Can't do that. <laughs> you got to keep the psychics in the dark. Yeah, you know what? It, mm-hmm. But and and but that's that's to protect their integrity as well as the integrity of the investigation. Sure. Well, and yeah, exactly. So that's exciting. We've got big big stuff coming up with South Sound Paranormal Research this year too. Fantastic. Um, yeah, and most of it is is unfortunately con- confidential stuff. But we have a couple investigations that we're really excited about coming up. So. It's it's all going to be good, and hopefully we'll get some permission to talk about at least one of them. But mm-hmm. you know how that is, right? Yeah, and uh, you know this this stuff is coming up really, really, really soon. And um, I have a um, well, attentively, attentively, the um, uh, date for this is February seventh. I just uh, the, the the only thing that is keeping us away from going into this place and making it part of this documentary is the owner's approval. That's that is it. Okay. Yep. Well, hopefully the owner approves. Okay. Me too. Yeah. So, Very yeah. good. And also, you're going to be a guest on In the Dark Radio tonight after our show with Chuck, right? Correct. We are going to be, I'm going to be talking with Chuck tonight. So, I mean, it's just going to be, you know, a couple of dudes sitting around, you know. We we have been accused of having an intense bromance. By bromance. Bro- bromance. Oh, you guys are so romantically in love. It's It's <laughs> almost a little disgusting. <laughs> A girl can't get a word in edgewise with your bromance, with your intense bromance going on. No, I actually kind no. of, I actually kind of feel, you know, kind of feel like a wallflower on the two of you because you love each other so much. Yeah, or maybe well, I should what? say you bruv each other so we, much. And, and, exactly. And Chuck is Chuck is in the chat room tonight, so all I can say is I brove you, man. I brove you. See, it's it is. It's it's very bromantic, and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, if you want to, if, if you're really in the mood for some bromance tonight, guys, um, after we're done here at 8 o'clock Pacific and other times in other states, you can stick around 
lower the lights, turn on a little dra- James Brown, not James Brown, um, Barry White. Oh yeah, and listen Brown, to Brown, Brown. Brown, yeah, listen to the bromance between Rick and Chuck. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah. Definitely. Um, <laughs> I'm not you know, it, because I'm afraid I won't be able to sleep if if I do. <laughs> no. No. It's 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 going to be messy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this isn't an awkward conversation at all. No, not at all. Not at all. So, um, yeah. I mean, with with me, that's pretty much it at at the moment. And uh, really looking forward to this place. I'm very nervous um, about going in here because this it, it's it's it's. But but oh, I'm sorry, I didn't say the name of the place. It's called the Mineola uh, Bay. It is a historical location here in Lake County, Illinois. And uh, it's got a lot of lot of history. A lot of really shady characters have come and gone through this place, and. Um, it's it's just it's it's virgin territory. Yeah. Yep. That's good. All right then. So um, let's see. Was there anything else that Cheryl wanted us to make sure we talked about? Mm, I don't think so, Cheryl. I don't think so either, Cheryl. Was there anything else you made you wanted us to talk about? I'm sorry, my son's moving around upstairs, and the dogs are going to bark. Um, you could talk about how much you love me. I do love you. We love you. <laughs> that's why I've been having that. Cheryl and I have email conversations throughout the day. So, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, All right, but, good. But with girls, it's not a cis-mance. It's just, we're just friends. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you call it, a cis-mance? <laughs> no, that just doesn't work. That's fine. No, it doesn't. I thought it was like gal pals and stuff like that. Gal pals. We are gal pals, yeah. Thanks. I do have... Chicks, man. News. Chicks. But okay. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'll just come out with it. I was going to hold off till we got the official um, approval, but I don't foresee there being any problems. Famous last words. Okay. Um, but the big announcement is that Paranormal Underground magazine will be available on the Apple newsstand with <gasps> our January Yay. issue. That's so awesome. Woo. Yeah, um, the reason why I was hesitant is just because we're waiting for the final approval from Apple, but I think all will be good. And then mid-month, hopefully by, what is today? The 9th? Hopefully yeah. by next Friday, the 17th, we'll be on the newsstand and ready to go. That's very exciting. Yeah. Oh, and, and we also have like mm-hmm. a really cool guest. I'm not sure what show he's coming up on, but it's one oh. I'm excited about. Unfortunately, it's one Rick's not going to be able to participate oh, in oh, oh. pre-record. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we're going to be talking to um, Dr. Walter Simcue, and he is. Mm-hmm. Um, what show is that going to be on? Oh, oh, good question. Let me pull up my calendar real quick so I well, can Cheryl's tell you. Pulling up the calendar, yeah. I'll tell you who he is. So okay. he is um, he is a reincarnation researcher. And as a matter of fact, um, I came in contact with him when I was given the picture of Nellie Sharp from the whole Wellington thing, and she looked so much like me, and I'd had this fascination with her, and all of these things that were like I, you know, she was killed in an avalanche, uh, on, uh, her train derailed in an avalanche, and I dreamed about derailments all my life, and she was in the great San Francisco earthquake, and I've been geosensitive and able to um, able to predict earthquakes all my life, and plus similar personality, so I, I actually, his organization is IISIS, and um, don't ask me what it stands for, because right now it's not there on the top of my head, but so I actually submitted it to him, um, all of the stuff, the pictures, and everything else, and um, 
and he's also documented like Jeff Keen, and he himself has um, believes he may also be the reincarnation of um, John Adams, and he has a book out called The Return of the Revolutionaries that talks about him and several of the people who were in John Adams' life's life who were reincarnated together. So he's a cool guy. It's going to be a really cool topic because I love to talk about things like this on this show. Yeah, it's it's very cool. I, you know what? I'm 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 so incredibly reluctant, hesitant, whatever you want to call it, to have anything like that done. I don't know why. I'm just I, I'm afraid that it's like I was Jack the Ripper or somebody twice as bad in a former life. I'm just I'm terrified yeah, of finding form, out. But that's a former life. You're afraid of your karma from it. But I yeah. mean, it, it was a former life. That's not who you are in this life. Right. Did, did you find out what night we're going to actually do the show with him? I sure. did. We are going to do, we're going to air the, the show on February 6th. Cool. So that'll be good. I did okay. find the, I did find what the acronym IISIS stands for. It's the Institute for the Integration of Science, Intuition, and Spirit. Yes. Okay. And they do a lot of, um, a lot of research based on the research of Ian Stevenson. Very cool. Who was a big uh, past life you know, reincarnation mm-hmm. researcher, okay. big in the field. So, and of course, he's no longer with us, but we get to talk to Dr. Semke. So I'm excited mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, it's too bad I'm going to have to miss that. Yeah, it is too bad. As a matter of fact, he even, I think he sent me like the case study that he wrote up about me and it's going to be on their website. Okay. Very cool. So, yeah, very cool, huh? Very nice. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, so let's do this. Okay. We'll okay. Go break. We'll come back and we'll talk about some animal totems. Sound good? With Patricia Brooks. So stick around. Yep, it's Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. We will be right back. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Visit us today at ParanormalUnderground.net and get a 12-month digital subscription for 15% off the cover price. Hi, I'm Chuck G. Come join me on my new show called In the Dark Radio. From topics such as ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, and more, this is a show you don't want to miss. So stay tuned right here on the Hazy Network from 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern, right after Paranormal Underground. And let's keep the radio rolling. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at Paranormal UG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier. I'm here with my co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio, Rick Hale. Hi, everyone. 
We invite you to join Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network to explore the unexplained every Thursday night from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific and other times in the flyover states. <laughs> Each week we talk with investigators in the field, researchers, authors, and experts about topics that include paranormal investigation, ufology, cryptozoology, and spirituality. So, please join us each Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern for Paranormal Talk with great guests right here on HazyRadioNetwork.com. Hey, this is Karen Frazier, writer and radio host with Paranormal Underground. Since I wrote my book, Avalanche of Spirits, The Ghosts of Wellington in 2010, people have asked me what happened next. In my new book, Dancing with the Afterlife, a paranormal memoir, my Wellington story continues. Dancing with the Afterlife is more than the continuation of the Wellington story, however. It's also the story of a lifetime of afterlife research and paranormal encounters. What I've learned has changed my life, and it might change yours as well. To learn more about Dancing with the Afterlife or to read an excerpt from the book, visit DancingWithTheAfterlife.com. Thank you.
Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. Hey everybody, welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at HazyRadio.com. We are your host, Karen Rick. Joining us tonight is going to be Patricia Brooks. She's the author of God is in the Little Things, Messages from the Animals. She is an animal totem intuitive, an angel card reader, and an angel healing practitioner. Uh, Patricia, welcome to the Underground. Hello, Rick. Nice to be here. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. So, um... I have to apologize because the second we went live on the air, my dogs decided to go absolutely nuts. They're playing. So you're going to hear barking, and I'm just going to apologize for that because they've been quiet up until, you know, now. (laughs) They must know. They must know that you have a connection with the animals. So um, let's start with the animal totem intuitive. So you can intuit other people's totem animals and why is that information that somebody would want um oh i think it's information that everybody should want because it's um because you know at the heart of everything i believe that we're spiritual beings and that there's a oneness and a connection between our between ourselves and our higher self each other and the natural world and the animals are a very big part of that. And not only are we connected to the animals, but there's a communication also that's that's present. And we can receive messages and guidance from the animals. Okay. So okay. is every animal a totem animal? I mean, because I was joking um, before we had you on the, on the air that um, I could be a platypus because, you know, I'm probably some goofy <laughs> animal. Is, so is every animal or is it only like the noble, majestic animals? No, actually, every animal, insect, um, you know, ones that swim, ones that fly, you know, every animal, every insect um, can be can be a messenger. And... You know, if you like, I can just explain a little bit about what a, a totem yeah. animal is. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, the the concept of totem animals um, or power animals, which is a little bit different, and I'll, I can talk about that too, has really been around since ancient times. I mean, you know, we're not really we're not talking about anything new here. I mean, ancient civilizations from as far back as the Druids, and I'm sure before that, and to our country, the Native Americans have have understood our connection with the animals and have looked to the animals for inspiration and guidance for, for centuries. Um, so, so the, the thought is, or the belief is that animals, you know, communicate with us and it's the behaviors and the characteristics of the animals, which are symbolic of their messages. Um, but it's really important, you know, not every animal that kind of walks by is a totem animal. You know, some are just, being animals, um, the animal has to present itself to you either, you know, uniquely or repetitively, either physically, could be in a dream state, could be in a meditative state, but the animal presents itself to you in a way that's unique or out of character. So So the fact that I dream about dolphins and whales regularly is telling me something. Oh, absolutely. Dolphins and whales are actually pretty awesome totems. And yes. Oh, yay. Yes. And their symbolism um, 
you know, I mean, the symbolism is pretty amazing because the symbolism, dolphins and whales are, are known to be very connected to Mother Earth and they're very ancient beings. And, and one of the things that's just as an example of how animal symbolism works, one of the things that's really, um, you know, that they're known for is, is the way that they communicate, you know, with the, um, their sonar, sonar. So they're, um, they're typically messengers for you to kind of go into your own inner self, make your connection back to yourself, your connection to the earth, because they're, they're our connection to mother earth. Okay. Okay. Now, now, Patricia, I've always felt a kinship with the wolf. Um, Whenever I look at a wolf, it's almost as if I'm looking at myself. And I, I never could quite understand that. I come, from a, I come from a mixed family. My grandmother was Native American. So there was always talk of the wolf when I was growing up. And um, yeah, what, what is the symbolism of the wolf? What is it? Is, is there wisdom there? Strength? What, 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 what's with the wolf? Well, you know what's really interesting, Rick, you know, to talk about before we talk specifically about the wolf is what what you brought up is another type of a totem, which is a power animal or your mm-hmm. life totem. So there's two different types of totems. There's two different types of messages that the animals can give you. They can be message totems, um, which where they come to you for a period of time with a specific message or guidance for that part in your life, or they could be your power animal or your life totem, which is more symbolic of your true nature. Um, you know, on the cover of my book is a picture of an owl. An owl, an owl, or the owl is one of my power animals and one of my one of my life totems. So, so when you were explaining the wolf and talking about how you feel a kinship and affinity with it, that it's kind of been with you all of your life, um, yes. you're, you're speaking more about a power animal, um, which is symbolic more of your true nature or a, um, you know, a life totem they refer to also. Okay. All right, very good then. Karen? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, I was muted. <laughs> oh, I thought you needed to say I something. Thought, no, my dog was barking, so I was muted. So, um, so you, you say, so to, I want to, I'm flustered by my dogs, clearly. So I wanted to kind of reflect back to, to what I heard you say. So if it's something that comes during a difficult time, that's a totem animal, but it's not like your lifetime totem animal. But if it's something that's been with you, then that's your lifetime animal, right? There's two types of, pretty much, there's two types of totems. There's message totems and then there's the the lifetime totems. And they don't necessarily have to always come to you during a difficult time. It could just be guidance or messages, you know, of, of many different sorts. Okay, so, like, my house is infested by ladybugs. Are they trying to tell me something, like, it's warm in here? Or? <laughs> hey, they're good luck. Well, ladybugs are good luck, which is really interesting. Um, but in addition to that, you know, if the ladybugs are, you know, if it's a time of year that maybe that they, they swarm and maybe that they're swarming on different houses in your neighborhood and stuff, then, they, you know, it may not necessarily be a specific message for you. Sure. But if it's, you know, if it's out of season for them to be swarming or yours is the only house that seems to have ladybugs around it, then, you know, that would be more of a, um, a symbol that, okay. you know, the ladybugs are specifically 
coming to give you a message. Yeah, I think that they're mm. they have a way in is is kind of what I think is probably happening in my house. <laughs> so, and speaking of things with a way in, um, I I have to apologize. I've been so busy with everything I'm doing right now. I didn't get to read your book, but Cheryl tells me that you discuss bats at length in your book, and I have a huge fear of bats. I'm afraid that they're going to hide in outhouse toilets and fly at me and bite me. Don't ask. It's a long story. <laughs> and um, we've they're had great bats. crime fighters. They're we've great crime fighters. we've had bats come in the house a lot uh, and so tell me about bats make well, me feel bats. better about bats oh bats were actually the animal that i feared the most and bats presented themselves to me very specifically three times um y- you would definitely appreciate this all three times was in the middle of the night all three times was in my bedroom and all three times i was uh-huh. sleeping Oh, yeah, um, great. And the, <laughs> the very first time the bat presented itself to me, it actually fluttered directly above my head. While I was sleeping, I could feel something on my cheeks, like a, like almost like felt like a caress, but, you know, I was thinking, like, what in the world? Like, it feels too big to be a moth, you know? I mean, what oh. could be? it was just one of those weird experiences when you're asleep but you wake up and you're like what's going on but it doesn't make sense to you and it was actually a bat was fluttering directly above my face actually oh my god that's horrifying well let me tell you i was horrified i like i was like what in the world i'm like you know something something i knew something was up i as i tried to go back to sleep i'm like i really can't go back to sleep i have to see what this is i turned the light on and as i turned the light on i you know i got up and turned the light on i saw this thing like like you know, like crazily flying around my room at that point. And I jumped up, ran out of the room and started screaming to my, you know, then husband that, um, you know, there's a bird in our room. I thought it was a bird. (laughs) It never occurred to me it would ever be a bat, but it it was a bat. And, and that happened basically two more times um, until I finally realized that the bat was there for me because it always came to me. And, um, um, and the bat had a message for me, but the message of the bat, see what I learned, which, you know, took a while, but what I learned is, you know, that all animals obviously have important messages, but, but the bat is a message of rebirth. The bat is a message of, you know, of, you know, when something isn't working for you, you know, kind of like, um, you know, in my case, you know, kind of my life was kind of dying in a sense around me and the bat is a message of you know kind of taking a look at that um you know kind of how the bats are reborn from the caves each night yeah um and the bats are usually an animal they're very feared because they're nocturnal animals they fly at night you know humans don't usually like that but bats also have a lot of positives about them bats are great propagators of new plant life they're actually the you know the biggest propagator of the mammals of new plant life and bats fly across great expanses open expanses of land where other mammals are afraid to go propagating as they go defecating and propagating as they go yeah. um with the seeds you know that they that they carry that they pick up because fruit eating bats pick up fruit seeds um so what happens is the message of the bat is promise after a change it's a rebirth it's it's positive things will be happening but you kind of have to go through the fear and you have to go through the change and then well, there'll be a rebirth but then that totally makes sense why people are afraid of them and for specifically me why I'm afraid of them because change is frightening and a lot of um, you have to 
typically when there's change, there's some pain associated with that. You're letting go of something. Even if it's something that doesn't serve you, it's still something you're letting go of. Absolutely. And, and so that that actually makes a lot of sense. And for me, from a spiritual perspective, that makes a ton of sense, a ton of why I'm afraid of bats. And I'm not necessarily afraid of change. I, I welcome it. But I don't always like the growing pains that you have to go through first to get there. <laughs> so. Oh, absolutely. Well, for me, the bats started showing up in my life when my marriage was first kind of not starting to work for me. I, you know, I was busy raising kids, working, wasn't really paying attention to the marriage. It was going stale. It was the first time the bat showed up for me. Um, a couple of years later, it showed up again when the marriage was even worse. And, you know, and there was, I've gone through a tremendous amount of growing pains for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and I know that the bat's message to me was, you know, pay attention, you know, pay attention, it's not working for you, you know, th- there's better things ahead, but, you know, you have to let go, like you said, let go of what you have and for, you know, for a rebirth to happen. Well, I like that. And letting go is really, really frightening for anybody because as soon as you let go, you're, you no longer have the illusion of control. And I say the illusion of control because let's face it, it's an illusion anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I I let go of any control or, or illusion of control a long time ago. You know, I, I think I think you know. I don't know if, if you feel this way, but what I found is that as I started walking my spiritual path, I realized that you know, um, one of my biggest lessons was in allowing, was in opening oh, myself yeah. up and, and allowing, you know, to yep. to whatever was coming, you know, yes. to know that it was for the, for the higher and the greater good and that, you know, that all would be well. Well, you have to let your ego take a backseat so that, that your higher self can come through so that those things can happen. And that's a, I think that's the challenge of anybody um, even starting on a spiritual path is that letting go and setting your ego aside and being open to whatever the universe has in store for you. Right. And absolutely. And, you know, when you're even speaking about animal totems, you know, the ego is a really big part of that. Because when people first, you know, I'll I'll hear things like, oh, the animals are talking to you. And I'm like, no, the animals aren't talking to me. I mean, if you let go of the ego of the, you know, the human ego that, you know, somehow we're separate, you know, Mm -hmm. from from everything around us, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when we can kind of put that aside and say, well, that doesn't make any sense at all, because, if we really think about it, we're, we're spiritual beings and the spirit, I believe the spirit that is in me is the same spirit that is in you. And it is the same spirit uh, that is in the animals and in the natural world. It's just, you know, the spirit of God, the divine, right. how, however we want to kind of frame it, you mm-hmm. know, that there's a oneness, there's a connection. So to think that we're separate and that there's no connection or communication with other beings, I, you know, to me, that's all ego-based. I I agree. And, I mean, the ego has a very vested interest in in maintaining the illusion of separation. But, um, yeah, I I totally understand what you're saying. I kind of have had to, you know, set my ego aside every day. (laughs) 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 Pretty much several times every day, you know. (laughs) So, um, I understand that you were going to do some 
some readings for a couple of our listeners. Is that the, are they the animal totem readings? Is that what you were going to do? Yes, absolutely. If your listeners would like, I can tell them that the animal, the animal that is showing up for them this evening and the symbolism of that animal, um, the message of the animal, if, um, if you'd like, if I could, um, if I could just say beforehand, before we start, though, uh, okay. just give a little bit um, more information so people have a better kind of frame of yeah, reference absolutely. of, of sure. you know, animal totems. Um, you know, because, the, you know, the connection with the animals, the connection with the natural world, you know, it, it, it doesn't exist you know, kind of in a vacuum. And, and I just want to, you know, say to, say to you guys and your listeners that um, opening up, basically opening up your spiritual hearts or your, you know, spiritual minds and really looking at ourselves as part of... I'm sorry, what? Oh, oh, sorry. We have a caller on the line, but we'll wait just to, we'll go ahead and say what you were going to say. Oh, I was just going to say that opening ourselves up to our um, to the connections that are here, you know, it, life for me is so much more fulfilling. Life for me is so much more fun. You know, it's just, it's awesome, you know, to, to be able to look around and take notice of what's really happening around you and, and see the connections, see the symbolism, you know, I, to me, they're gifts and blessings from, from the divine. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we have Patty on the line. Hello, Patty. Hello, Karen. See, we always talk about you, but now you're actually on the air. I know. Hi, Rick. Hi, Cheryl. (laughs) Hi. And Patricia is our guest, Patty. Hi. That is my name as well. Hi, Patricia. I know. You guys are already connected. So, Patricia and Patty, we will let you talk. Excellent. How are you? I am doing well. How about yourself? I'm I'm good. I'm really good. I'm really excited to, you know, to be with all of you tonight. Fantastic. So, I've I've heard about totem animals. I've read about them through Ted Andrews, uh the books that he's had and I, you know, I think about spirit medicine and animal medicines and that. So, I've always been curious to see what totem animal would come up for me. Well, you know what, Ted Andrews, I'm so glad you brought him up because he's a wonderful resource. If if people are interested in learning more about, um, you know, animal symbolism or animal totems, Ted Ted Andrews has a book out that you're referring to um, called Animal Speak. And it's it's almost like the Bible of animal symbolism. It's a really wonderful book. Um, I I could definitely recommend that book. Patty, you know the what the animal that came up for you tonight is the is the rabbit. The rabbit, okay. the rabbit, and the rabbit is a really you know this is a message. This you know this isn't a, you know a life or power totem. This is a message totem to you, and the rabbit is a really great totem, and it's great for a lot of reasons because if you think about rabbits, they're known for their fertility, right? And they're also known Correct. for being very fast and known for taking great hops and leaps. Um, and so the message of the of the rabbit is that, that this is a really fertile time for you now, you know, to kind of pay attention to possibly some quick moving opportunities and then to take that leap of faith because it'll, you know, it'll work out for you. Um, and rabbit energy usually stays around for about 28 days. That's the time okay. that the 
the babies are with their with the mother before they can be on their own. So the rabbit is shown up to say, "This is a good time for you. This is a fertile time. There's opportunities. So so pay attention and then you know move fast." Fantastic. I also know that rabbit in the in Wicca people obvious oftentimes symbolize rabbit with the goddess symbol as well. So it's an earth symbol. Absolutely, and that's where the fertility also comes from. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Patricia. And hey, guys, have a good night. I'm still listening. Okay, Patty, Patty, thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's kind of, uh, that's actually pretty good because Patty's a good friend of mine, Patricia, and she and I were um, talking this afternoon about her moving into a phase like that of her life. Oh, really? Yeah. And isn't that, see, you know, you know, well, I know just talking to you for a few minutes, I know you already know this, but there are no coincidences, right? Every shows up, right? Exactly when it's supposed to show up. Yep, absolutely. Very good. So I think um, Cheryl is actually going to contact the next person that we'll have you do the reading for. Um, so I appreciate, I really appreciate you doing this. So are um, dogs and cats totem animals then as well? Oh, absolutely. They absolutely can be be message totems. You know, many times the um, the power animal or the life totem is considered to be a wild animal. It wouldn't be your pet. So, like, you know, in my book I talk about one of my cats that was really, I was very, very close to. You know, I could have a really strong relationship with one of my pets or anyone could you know and they would could love them very deeply but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's your life totem um it just means that it's an animal that you have a a great love for typically the you know as rick had said his um you know he had an affinity for wolves you know you know more the wild animals would be more the power animals but um but Domestic animals can certainly show up with messages. Sure, sure. I I absolutely love animals. So I want to talk to you about another scary animal, though. <laughs> Do you know what it's going to be? Can you guess? Um, well, the uh, I'll just say this. The other one that was very scary for me that I had to deal with in my house was was mice. So I, oh. I don't know. If, if I was going to go. I was going to go with snakes, but mice are good too. Yeah. <laughs> They're so cute. <laughs> you know what? They're you know what? They are cute. And it took me a long time to realize actually how cute they were because I was so terrified of them. But uh, well, they're, they're you think of them as being kind of dirty and filthy and yeah. I live in the woods, so we wind up with a lot of a lot of critters in and about our house. So what what if what are mice telling you? Well, mice. Well, it's interesting, and I'll just you know just to. Just to regress for one second, it was really funny. It was a, um, when the mice were visiting me, you know, I bought the have a heart type traps and, and, you know, I put them out. I never thought I was going to actually catch one. And the first time there was actually a mouse in there, I, I almost had a heart attack. But um, <laughs> so I... So I got my kids to go with me and we were going to take the, tra- you know, the trap down to a trail a couple miles from our house and let the mouse go, you know, so he'd have a nice place to live and everything. And we, 
we went to take the top off of the trap and the mouse wasn't moving and then we all got really scared that it was hurt so this this animal that we were like terrified of and everything then we were like oh my god is it hurt is there something oh, wrong yeah. with it and uh it's fine i think it was just a little scared and you know he eventually ran off into the woods but um but he definitely the mice the mice actually visited me until i questioned are you here for me are you my message because they were visiting me in the in the heat of summer when mice typically field mice typically don't come into your house and and i'm like it's 90 degrees out why are these mice in my house and but i kept catching them i'm like oh field mice you know like you just said they can show up in many houses this wouldn't be a message totem this wouldn't be something out of character for this animal to do and then one day i was actually walking um in a place totally different than where the mice had been you know showing up and i had the lights were off and i stepped on something wet and i thought like i thought my kids had spilled something and i finished bringing out the recycle i went back upstairs i got like a towel to clean it up i went back down turned the light on and um there was a little mouse there i had stepped on a mouse and i was like are you kidding me so i said are you here for me because i mean now i'm stepping on you and and sure enough i know you're gonna think it's crazy but i've never seen another mouse since then we took that Mm. mouse we brought it to the to the trail and I had gone through weeks of catching these mice and bringing them catching them and bringing them and then when I finally said okay I'll try it I'll try anything are you here to give me a message um they stopped they completely stopped I'll be darned Oh, the message to the mouse, I'm sorry I was going to say the message to the mouse is you know if you know mice are actually little fearless fearless animals you know they they don't care what you put in their path they don't get afraid they just kind of find a way around it um if they can't get find a way around it they'll just kind of try to chew it into little pieces and um you know and so the one of the messages of the mice is basically to take things one step at a time not to be afraid break things into smaller pieces if you're feeling overwhelmed you know what i mean kind of break it yeah break it down and take one you know confident step at a time and and at the point that the mice were visiting me that was the perfect message for me because i was newly divorced i was you know single mom trying to take care of the house trying to take care of the kids really starting to f- fall into kind of a overwhelmed depressed state and that's exactly what i needed needed to hear is just perfect you know, yeah 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 really is amazing Interesting. so we'll get back to snakes in a minute because we have another caller on the line um elaine would like to know about her animals elaine hello hey how are you Hi, i'm fine hi elaine how are you i'm fine how are you guys all this evening? Excellent. Good. Uh, you know, you know how I am. I think I talked to you earlier today. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, again, Rick and I will sort of step back, and you two can yep. you can two can talk amongst yourselves. How are you, Elaine? So I'm curious as to what my totem is. Uh, you know, your totem is funny. It's something that Karen had mentioned earlier. The, She's the a animal- platypus. <laughs> <laughs> the animal that showed up for you tonight is a dog. Oh. <laughs> yeah, oh. and I, you could probably 
the yes, the message of the dog. The message of the dog is one of loyalty and companionship. And when a dog shows up for you, um, you know, it's time, it's, you know, not time to ask questions, but it all has to do with loyalty, whether loyalty on your part, are you being loyal enough, um, not, you know, in a negative way, but to kind of evaluate your, are you being a good companion, is somebody being a good companion to you, kind of look at your pack, you know, if you think of the dog, you know, in the hierarchy of the pack, you know, the, the dogs kind of join the human pack when they come into our families, and so it's all about the loyalty and the companionship of the pack, of the family unit, of the family structure. Um, so the dog is a message to you, and and you would know how to interpret that as far as loyalty, companion, you know, your family unit. Did you say we just lost Elaine? Yeah, um, yeah, we we unfortunately did lose Elaine. So, yep. Okay. Um, we're back. Oh, there you are. Yay. Oh, there you are. Good. Did you, Elaine? Did you hear anything that that we were talking about? I don't know at what point we lost you. I, you were you were explaining about the dog and loyalty and all that. So I think I heard most of it. Yeah, and it's and it's it doesn't mean that any of that. Um, you know, there's. It doesn't mean loyalty. I, probably the way that I started out, I was mentioning questioning about the loyalty. It doesn't necessarily mean any questions. It just means that the message surrounds that. So it could just be a message regarding, you know, a very loyal, you know, type of family unit you have around you, very good companions. Um, but it, 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 all of the animals bring up the questions of different things. The dog centers around loyalty and companionship. And well, she has very structure. loyal friends. I have very loyal friends, and I'm very loyal to my friends, so yep. that makes perfectly good sense to me. Well, the, you know, the dog is then just re reinforcing that, that you're a good companion, you have good companions, and, you know, that you have a lot of loyalty around you, which is a wonderful thing. It, it truly is, and I feel truly blessed every day from all my friends. So, Oh, well, there you go. Thank you, Elaine, for calling in. Thanks. Uh-huh. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye now. Okay, so Bye, question in chat. My family has encounters with coyotes. What does it mean? Is it my totem? Oh, coyotes. You know what? Coyotes are are. Are interesting. Coyotes are kind of like mischievous types of animals. The message of the coyote is to not take life or your situation too seriously. Try to find the, you know, kind of the humor, the fun in it, um, and and approach it in that perspective. The coyote is absolutely a, a totem or a message to say, don't take yourself or your situation too seriously. Really? I would not have thought that of the coyote. Well, yeah, I know. It's in. It, I know that's. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, from what I understand, that with a lot of Native American tribes, the coyote is sort of regarded as a trickster spirit. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay. All right. So, um, snakes. While we're waiting for the next caller, uh, tell me about snakes because snakes are one of the most feared animals on the planet. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> 
Well, I don't know about that. I don't. I. I don't have a problem with snakes, which is interesting. I think you do, though, Karen. And I. I, ha- I have. I have a little problem through. with. Yes, I have a little problem with snakes. It's. Um. I'm actually more afraid of snakes than I am of bats. Mm-hmm. Wow. Have you had any experiences with snakes? To to for that to. Well, my my cat used to like drop them on my feet. She'd come in the house and drop them on my feet. Oops, Nancy, can you go, Nancy? Go ahead and mute for just a minute while we talk about snakes, and then we'll we'll pull you on. Thank you. Okay. Okay. All right. So tell me about yeah. So my cat used to come and drop snakes on me. That could be why. <laughs> Well, you know, that's not as bad as, you know, it was interesting. I was talking to this woman and um, mice had come up and she had a cat that came and brought a live mouse and dropped it down her pajamas. Oh, my God, that would be terrible. (laughs) So she was in her bed. I'm not kidding. She was in her bed and this mouse, getting this mouse out of her between her and her pajamas. I was like... Oh, that oh cat, my gosh. That cat my cat's wonderful. <laughs> well, I said, I said, you know, it's funny. I said, see, you weren't paying attention to the message. The cat was, the, you know, the mice were there. You weren't paying attention. Your cat was going to make sure you got that message. Uh, so. All right. So we'll come to snakes after Nancy. So Nancy is on the line. Hi, Nancy. Hello. Hi, Hi there. Nancy. Thanks for coming Hi. in. All right. You're very welcome. You have questions for Patricia. Well, I, I, as I said in my message, uh, before my fiancé passed uh, for three days, we kept getting um, morning doves to come to our doors, and they were always in a pair of three. What do you have to tell me about that? Um, you know what? Well, three is, three is a spiritual number. Um, so typically, and you know what? I'm really glad you brought that up because the other thing that I wanted to mention before we get specifically in the doves is when you're looking and working with animal symbolism, that's a lot more information than just the specific animal. You know, the, the number of animals that show themselves to you, like you saying that there's three specific morning doves, is very significant. Um, and that has to do typically with the spiritual world, the mystical. Three is also a number of birth. So, like, for example, at one time I had three seagulls present themselves to me. And seagulls, um, you know, are a, um, you know, they're a shorebird. So they're birds of magic. They're birds of spirit. And that there was three was very significant that it was, you know, definitely connection with the, um, you know, spirit guides because of the number three. So it, it kind of enhanced the um, the spiritual aspect of the birds coming. So that you have three morning doves is very significant. The other thing that's significant to pay attention to is the direction that the animals are coming from, whether the animal is coming in from your left or whether the animal is coming in from your right. So for example, the left is the symbol of um, the left is a symbol of the feminine, and it's a receptivity, you know, accepting things, the message inward to yourself. And if an animal shows itself on your right side, it is a, it's the symbol, symbolic of your masculine side 
or your outward face to the world, your outward expression to the world. Um, so it's it's really interesting. You know, there's other things. There's the colors of the animals. There's the landscape of the animals um, that they present themselves in that all give additional information of the messages of the um, of the animal. Um, so. What uh, what I found from interesting for us was that, um, like I said, it happened to be three days prior to, and every morning at the same time, they would show up, and they would always face the door, almost like waiting for us to open the door. And um, so I, I know that it was a, you know, premonition, but, um, but you know, it's like I wanted for you to explain to others what the bub is. Like I know my animal totem is a falcon. Um, I'm a medium, so they, you know, it's a, it's a spirit person. That's my spirit guide. But um, you know, I know that there is a meaning for the doves, the morning doves. Could you explain yeah. that to others as well, please? <clears throat> yeah, you know what the the you know as with all animals, you know, a lot of them have you know multiple symbolism associated with them, and many times it's important to dig really, you know, like you know, really reflect and 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 get the full symbolism of the animal, especially if it's something that's very important, like what you're referring to. But the morning dove typically is a dove that is an animal that is telling you it's time it's time to release something mm-hmm. and mourn it, release it, and let it go so that you can move forward. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Nancy. Thank so, you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. What, Bye-bye. Bye. What we need to do, Patricia, is we need to go to break. Can you stick around for another segment after break? Sure, absolutely. Fantastic, because this is really interesting, and I know we've got a lot more stuff to talk about. Mm -hmm. So um, stick around, everybody. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll still be talking to Patricia Brooks about animals, totems, and hopefully we'll get into some of her other spiritual topics, including the angel readings and um, so Stick around. It's Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. We'll be right back. While holding with a 12-inch dual compound miter saw, while holding a newborn baby in your arms, when face-to-face with a congregation of alligators, with the ball in your hands and the entire freaking season on the line. There are a million places you'd never consider texting. So why would you do it while driving? NASCAR driver Casey Kane here, asking you to please stop the text. And together, we can stop the wrecks. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Get the message at stoptextstoprex.org.
Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at hazyradio.com. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. Uh, for the first hour, we have been talking Patricia Brooks. She is the author of God is in the Little Things, Messages from the Animals. Uh, she's also an animal totem, in, animal totem intuitive, angel card reader, and angel healing practitioner. Um, thank you so much, Patricia, for sticking around for another segment. Oh, you're welcome. I'm, I'm enjoying it, Rick. Yes, it's a lot of fun. Very, so very we had we had a question from Dan and Chat, and he didn't want to call in, but apparently he has he has um, an affinity for squirrels, and squirrels are around a lot. So what is a what's a what's with squirrels? Well, squirrels. If you know, if anybody ever watched squirrels for any length of time, they'd notice that they're you know very very busy. They're very active. They're always like you know preparing, um, you know gathering, squirreling away, for lack of a better term. You know, they're 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 nuts and and for the future. And so squirrels are very 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 busy. Um, they're also very social and they're also very communicative. So. If a squirrels squirrels show up for you, um, some of the things to to ask yourself, some of the things to look at is the balance in your life. You know what I mean? If you're, you know, make sure that you have enough balance between, you know, the working, the preparing part of the squirrels, and also the social communicate communicative. T- part of the squirrel you know find that good balance. Squirrels kind of do it all, and they're showing you that. Um, you know, just make sure that you're um, you're finding the balance between the work aspect and the social aspect of your life. Okay, very good. Okay. So we have one final caller on the line, and then we're going to move on to some other topics. So, Chad. Hello. Hey, how are you? Good. Hey, Chad. Hey, hey, Rick. All right, so go for it, Chad. Okay, um, I've always wondered what my totem animal was, and I I kind of had an experience at uh, Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Louisville, Kentucky, and I was doing a paranormal investigation. And somebody had took a picture of me from behind, and on the picture, it looks like this, like almost like an energy mass, but it looks like a wolf's head superimposed over my head. And I've always wondered about that. Yeah, it's like a, almost like a wolf's head from behind. Just kind of like me, I was kind of looking off to the side, and it was kind of like, almost like it was a wolf's head, like I was wearing like a helmet or something, but it was made out of energy. It was kind of purplish, but you could actually see my head through it. Wow, that's really, really cool. Do you have that picture? Uh, yeah, I probably do on my Facebook. Uh, I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. It's a very interesting picture. Cheryl, you'll have to send that to her. Yeah. Definitely. Wow, that's really cool. Well, you know what? It's really awesome how this has come full circle because I know that, Rick, you had mentioned the wolf in the very beginning, and then we talked about paratotems, yes. but we didn't get back to, you know, the wolf Mm-hmm. You know, specifically, the symbolism of the wolf specifically. The um, the wolves mean a lot of different things, but they're very much about guardianship, rituals. You know, wolves, you know, the wolf pack, if we go back mm-hmm. to, to kind of the pack of the dog, the wolf pack, um, they're very loyal companions. They're also considered, they're very much associated with the moon. They're very much associated with, like, primal energies and the connection oh. to the to the earth also. Um so if a wolf shows up for you, well, if it's your life totem, is different than if it shows up as a message, is a messenger. But if it shows up as a as a um, 
as a your power animal, mm -hmm. then it's telling you that you are very connected to the energies of the earth and that you're very, you know, ritualistic and a very loyal, you know, part okay. of, a, of a group. Well, I had actually had like you know put up like mental protections because you know i was on this at this place that's supposedly haunted and it supposedly had some dark energy there and i, I had put up this protection so i don't know if it's maybe associated with something like that or um yeah you know i I'm, i don't know i don't know what, how yeah. it showed up for you if it came to protect you i okay. mean the um you know, wolves are known to be to be guardians. You know, one of their messages is also guardianship. So, did it show up to protect you? It could have, or it could have. It, it you could have just captured. You know, your power animal could have shown itself to you also. You know, okay. for your own benefit. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks, Chad. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So, before we move on, real quickly, snakes. It made me feel about better about bats, so I'd like to I'd like to know what 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 does a snake represent? Well, you know, snakes are also snakes are known for shedding their skin. You know, so s snakes are also similar to bats. They're associated with the process of you know rebirth, um, but it's kind of almost like a longer process of rebirth. You know, that it, it it it's a the process that the snakes go through when they're shedding their skin is a very physical process for them. So it's really about kind of shaking off or losing what really isn't fitting for you any longer um, and and moving forward, you know, kind of in your, your new skin as a, as a real quick um, symbol. Snakes have a lot of symbolism to them, but that would be the one that would be, you know, the most obvious um, one that shows itself. Would be I think my phobias are trying to tell me something. <laughs> yeah, like to lose them, right? To lose them because the animals are animals are your friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Rick, you wanted to change the subject. Yeah, I wanted to switch gears a little bit. I know that we've been talking about you know spirit spirituality in general tonight is what we're talking about, but I've noticed an interesting trend over the last maybe 10, 15 years or so here in the United States, there seems to be this um, moving away from organized religion, as we know it. Um, I myself, I was raised Catholic, but then my family moved into kind of like a born-again Christianity kind of thing. But um, I'm one of those people that seem to be moving past this whole religion thing and moving more towards spirituality and it does seem to be a common trend in the in the united states or in the western world which is a good thing do you see this as being like a natural evolutionary process um i i do i believe it's actually it's interesting you know evolutionary to me always seems to talk about moving forward but i feel like we're almost moving back to you know, we talked about ancient civilizations, you know, mm -hmm. at the start of the, the show. It's almost like I feel that we're, we're, we're reconnecting or we're remembering our, our true essence, our true selves. So, sure. you know, evolutionary almost coming full circle back to our true selves. Um, you know, one of the, one of the things I'm in, I'm in seminary school also, um, this spring going to be ordained as interfaith minister. And in the interfaith world, we honor and recognize 
all religions, um, not necessarily one over the other. But what we believe in the interfaith world is that basically everyone is saying the same thing. At the core of all religions is the divine source, you know, is the is the spirit that we've been talking about, even the spirit that runs between us and the animals, that that, that every major religion basically has that as its commonality, that things are a lot more, have things more in common than we have separate. And I think sure. that that really speaks to the, the, the true divine nature, the true spiritual beings that we are, which okay. is outside of the religious, um, the religious doctrines. Right. Now, do you think, uh, now with religion as it is, um, a lot of people, they blame religion for a lot of wars and a lot of hatred. Is is religion necessary for mankind or does it kind of represent a, a, a more destructive uh, side of us, uh, you know, tribal warfare more or less? Yeah. You know, I I believe that, you know, a lot of times when you, you get you know, mankind involved in things that, you know, what was a really good idea at the beginning sometimes gets kind of messed up. Um, You know, Mm. I mean, I Mm -hmm. see a lot of benefits to organized religion in that it's community building, you know, it's celebratory. Um, You know, there's a lot of real positives to people coming together and, um, and sharing, you know, beliefs and, um, and at the heart of religion is the belief that you know that there's the true divine love so at the in the perfect sense of what religions can do i think there's a lot of positives i believe that man has kind of convoluted and and um um you know brought a lot of negative and used it in a lot of negative sense so Yes, is is religion responsible? Unfortunately, for a lot of a lot of bad things, yes. But I don't think it's the religion. I think it's man's um, control and how they try to control through religion that right. has, you know, created those situations. I, so I ba- agree with that. Yeah. So basically, we've taken the message of Jesus. I mean, you know, let's face it: the guy was a community organizer, if anything. Um, <laughs> And, and, and a great and a great teacher, of course. But we've taken the message of Jesus and his um, holiness, the Buddha. Um, we've, we've taken them and we've, we've made it our own rather than allowing it to come through them. Is that what you're saying? Um, yeah, you know, you know what's interesting when you bring up Jesus and then you bring up, you bring up Buddha? Um, you know, I was also raised Roman Catholic. So it's, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I enjoy this conversation because, you know, I think about this stuff a lot. But, you know, I was raised Roman Catholic and, and, um, you know, as far as I was always told, you know, that basically Jesus was the savior of the world, right? And that nobody else has ever had the impact that Jesus Christ has had. And, um, but it's interesting because I think that in the United States, at least growing up in the United States, I think we have a very egocentric view of everything. And, um, you know, there's a big world out there where a lot of where Jesus Christ isn't a central figure, you know, where you mentioned Buddha, you know, he's kind of the central figure to, you know, millions and millions of people around the world, maybe right. billions. And um, 
And that was really kind of a, a huge awakening for me, you know, especially entering the interfaith world, because I always kind of thought like Jesus was like at the top of the totem pole. And then all these other spiritual figures, what the way I was taught, were just kind of, you know, great prophets, but nobody was where Jesus was. And what I'm learning and what I'm realizing is that it really kind of depends on, I guess, what part of the world you come from, who your great religious figure is. So I, um, I appreciate that you mentioned Buddha, you know, we, you know, in with, you know, Jesus Christ, because I, what I'm coming to realize is that, you know, there are many, many, many great spiritual figures Mm -hmm. throughout history from all parts of the world that, that need to be acknowledged. Now, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, I, with, for me, I come from I I, I subscribe to uh, the uh, you know like Silent Mountain Buddhism, um, and it would it would seem that the Buddha just was was a person. However, that's a spirit that seems to be a part of our world that it moves in and out that it's gone from um, that it's gone from um, uh, Siddhartha Gautama to. Jesus to Muhammad, that this is a spirit that seems to be going around and will one day come back. Um, do you see that more as than just, you know, a central religious figure, but as a spirit? Oh, I think it's absolutely an archetype, uh, archetypal type of an energy that is, um, that is in our world, without a doubt. You know, whether or not they're, they are, it's the same energy, you know, energy, spirit being the same that keeps revisiting or there it's of the same type of energy. Uh, I'm, I don't know for sure. Um, I think it's here with us now. I don't think it ever necessarily has mm-hmm. left us. I think it's just a matter of what we're aware of and what we're what we're connecting with. But I think that the spirit of Jesus or, or um, any of the other great religious masters Masters, I believe, is still with us. I believe there's no separation, also, though, and that right. um, it's really what we're, what we really can connect with based on, you know, like Karen had mentioned, you know, kind of getting the ego out of the way before. You know, I think that the more that we can acknowledge and understand the, the role that the ego plays and understand our true spiritual selves, I think there's no, I, I don't think think there's a separation between us and the divine source no i agree and actually you know people who have studied um more spirituality as opposed to organized religion point to passages in the bible where where jesus says things like as i have done this so can you as as you know him saying that there was no separation that we are we are just as divine as god or jesus or buddha or anybody else. Oh, absolutely. You know, I was just actually earlier today, I was, um, I was doing a meditation and the meditation, um, one of the things that I'm becoming, I just find fascinating is the concept of, you know, the subconscious, the conscious and the superconscious. And, and Mm -hmm. it's just another way of talking about, you know, basically your, um, you know, kind of like your ego, your spirit and your, your higher self. And many people believe that a part of us never leaves the spirit world, if we want to say that, or the spiritual realm, even though there's no separation. 
mm-hmm. that, yeah, that our higher self, a large part of us stays there and a part of us comes here and that uh, the connection mm-hmm. with ourselves and our souls, our pure soul state, we have we have access to it's just that we have all of these veils and these this separate ideologies that we keep telling ourselves that prohibit us from from connecting in the in the fullest sense with our with our highest spiritual self sure you know i have another question you you talk about awareness and awareness is um something i'm very interested in because um, I've become very aware of. I, I've I've always known that I'm I'm I am a sensitive. I don't like to call myself a psychic because I think that that's you know too broad of a term. But um, you know, I, I it, it would seem that people are becoming more aware of their own psychic abilities. Um, do you think that that's part of this? Um, you know, mankind coming into itself, or you know, or, or going this full circle back to this uh, more pure spirituality. Well, you know, it's really interesting, you know, the, the whole 2012, um, 2012 that happened last yeah. year and everyone, mm-hmm. you know, was like, oh, the world is coming to an end and, you know, all that craziness. Um, many people in the spiritual world believe that portals opened at that time and that that was the beginning of, of the shift, that the energetic shift has been happening actually for decades but that it's really accelerating now. And that, mm-hmm. that at that point, you know, what was hidden or the veils that were, were too thick for people to, to penetrate thinned tremendously. And, and, and specifically portals opened up so that the communication with our higher selves are, is, is more accessible now than it has been in, you know, prior you know, generations or civilizations um, that the humans have lived through. Sure. I mean, now, do do you see this as you know, with uh, like the last ten years or so, you know, people's interest in the um, in you know, ghosts and hauntings. I, I myself am a psychical researcher, and you know, so is Karen. And um, do you? It, 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 is it just something that was a fad because of a bunch of television shows that came out at one time, or is this part of people becoming aware? Oh, I think we're absolutely moving um, into a, a higher degree of awareness. You know, it's also believed, and I, and I preface things with being believed because you know people have different belief systems. But you sure. know, many people that you know that are you know walking their spiritual path, let's say, and 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 are spiritual seekers, um, believe that. You know the ascension, the 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 raising of the vibration of the human energies is is happening, um, and it it can only happen. Okay, so I think of it like this. I think the best way to uh, you know I look at it is the collective consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. So we have an individual consciousness, and if we believe as if you believe as I believe that we can manifest or create whatever we put our intention to, because we're powerful spiritual beings, right? So if I put my intention, what's stronger than my my power as a spiritual being creating something? You know, um, if we put a whole bunch of people together think the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. Why does that work? Because you know we're we're focusing our energies on something, so we can manifest something. Sure. The collective consciousness is shifting. Now, the collective consciousness is hopefully shifting higher and towards love, and that's what the the 2012 and the the uh, you know kind of the age of Aquarius and the you know the 
the movement of the human race is if we talk up from an evolutionary perspective, we should be raising our vibration to be to be more connected spiritually with our true right. essences. Um, so, and many people believe that many different souls and beings have been born, you know, through the past decades in order to help facilitate this shift into higher consciousness. So is the focus, you know, like what came first, the chicken and the egg, you know, is the focus that, um, that people are starting to finally pay attention or, or is it that all of these beings and souls have come down to help facilitate the shift and they're bringing the, you know, the awareness with them and then the higher collective consciousness is paying attention. Right. How can you, Oh, sorry, Karen. I was going to ask a question from Chad. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, Chad wants to know about the Akashic records. Is that something that exists? You know, many people believe that it does. I mean, I, um, you know, it's really, in, it's really interesting. Uh, I, you know, we talked about being an angel healing practitioner is one of the things. You know, I've done a, I've done a lot of. Yeah, um, I wanted to talk about that actually. Yeah, well, you know what? I just want to mention the reason it kind of connects to that is because um, the angel healing that that I have um, practiced and I've gone through and I've studied has to do with working with the different angelic realms and, you know, the different arcane, you know, from the angels up to the seraphims and, and all of the powers and all of the um, healing um, um, abilities that the different, you know, angelic realms have to deal with. But one of the things that we, we did when we were in our training was we astral traveled and there's, you know, there's seven heavens and, and I astral traveled to the seventh heaven and, 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 and in there, I could see my, you know, you know, my mountains, my my source, my river source. I could see. I couldn't see my records, but the the belief is that everyone has their records. Everyone has every imprint of everything that's ever happened to their soul is, mm-hmm. you know, is mm-hmm. written down, you know, in whatever aspect written written form what written takes i don't know what that means but um so and and people believe that those are called the akashic records right so when you do your angel healing then is um looking at the akashic records is that part of it like you can see that part of something where somebody might need healing or it might give you a little bit of insight or information you know, I don't, I don't, I haven't ever seen anyone's specific Akashic records. You know, I've traveled uh-huh. to, to where mine are. I haven't seen them, but I've traveled and I've met my guides and I've, and I've yeah. seen, seen what it looks like, you know, for me specifically. Um, the angel healing that, that I practice has to do with different type of sacred geom- geometric shapes that are mm-hmm. specifically the different angelic realms um, and calling on the, you know, calling on the energies of the different angelic realms for, for healing and, 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 and um, using those for okay. spiritual and emotional and physical healing of people. Okay. Well, so um, tell me about the angelic realms. And so if angels, if, if angels exist, then do fallen angels exist as well? Wow, these are some like awesome questions. You guys are 
great to hang out with. I would think you guys <laughs> Thank you. great to like go out, you know, like after work and have these like awesome conversations. Um I you know, um no, I don't believe that there well it's interesting because you you know, you guys are you said parasite psychology use uh, yeah. I, Par- paranormal use. investigators essentially, paranormal yeah. Yeah. Searchers. Um I believe that personally I believe that love comes from love comes from spirit and fear comes from the ego right you know that's kind yeah. of the fallback way that people explain things right so I believe that again if we believe that we can I don't believe that there's fallen angels no I believe that there's energies that may have gotten um, bogged down. You know, I believe that there's energies that maybe have gotten stuck. There's energies that maybe have gotten, you know, lost their way to some degree in their their sense, not in spiritual sense. I don't believe that any spirits are truly lost. I believe that the dimension that they're in is, is not in their true spiritual self. Does that make I sense? would agree. Like, yeah, I absolutely agree 100% with you. So, yeah. great answer. Um, so, Nancy wants to know, which archangels do you work with? I know in the healing work that I do, I work with Raphael. Who do you, what, which angels, she wants to know, do you work with? Um, you know, well, there's, there's many archangels. I mean, Raphael is the archangel of healing, right, of emotional and spiritual and physical right. healing. So, you know, he's he's kind of, I think, everybody's kind of go-to, right? You know, Michael is the protector, sure. so we yep. work, with, work, work, work with Michael. I work a lot also with Archangel Ariel. You know, she's actually the Archangel of Nature and the animals, um, and she's, you know, for earth conservation and animal allies. So I work a lot with Archangel um, Ariel also, but pretty much depending on um, what the issue is with the person there's different archangels that are associated you know or different different um archangels that are associated with different realms and then there's also different you know it's not just the archangels by name you know you know there's different levels of angels there's nine levels of angels and Mm -hmm. you know from the and, and okay so if you think about it this way if everything is vibration Right. If everything is is um, a vibratory essence, so and we're talking about raising our vibrations. Well, when we raise our vibrations, what we're what we're basically doing is we are, you know, we're connecting on a higher spiritual level, right, on a higher vibratory level. Right. So there's the angels through, you know, angels, archangels, you know, all the way up through like the powers and the thrones and the dominions, all the way up to the seraphims, right? So there's nine levels. And the angels are at a closer vibratory level to the human state. And that's why the angels are kind of our first go-tos, our guardian angels. The archangels are at a vibratory level above the angels. And then all the way up to the seraphims who are almost like almost pure energy. Think as close to the divine source as as you can get. So... It's not just working with archangels because that's one realm. It's working with all of the realms of the angels. Um, mm-hmm. 
and many of them don't necessarily even have names. They're just, you know, angel archetypes, vibrat vibratory levels of energy. Right, right. So you talked earlier about the collective consciousness and the collective consciousness raising. And we live in a world right now where there's just such a dichotomy. There's such good in the world, but there's a lot of really unpleasant things that are happening too and there seems to be a greater polarization between these two things um just i'd say in the last you know five ten years things have become more polarized so what can people listening do to contribute to the collective consciousness to try to raise the level of consciousness up so that this world becomes a, pl a better place to live in yeah you know it's so funny because it's really so simple i mean you know the answer is they can just be love you know, they can they can think love, they can speak love, they can give love. You know, love is the highest vibration, you know, love and joy. And if we believe that we can manifest and collectively we manifest, you know, why do good things happen? Well, the collective consciousness has created that. You know, why do bad things happen? The collective consciousness has, has created that. You know, there's, you know, people say all the time, like, why would God let bad things happen? But God isn't allowing anything to happen or not happen you know the the humans in our in our um humans are manifesting i believe you know whether consciously or not based on the energies and their belief systems and their their um thoughts and behaviors you know the larger negative energy that is creating the bad things of happening it's not a mm. I believe a God kind of sitting up there saying, well, I'm going to do this because I'm mad or I'm punishing right. somebody or all those other old kind of throwback to Rick's, you know, religious doctrines that are taught, you know, that's, that's really not what happens. I mean, if it's, if we're spiritual beings, if we're energetic beings, you know, we are manifesting, you know, what we put out there. That's, you know. Yeah. So the best reason to be joyful and to, live your life in love then is is well first of all it makes your life a lot better but also because it it helps heal the world you know it not only heals helps heal the world but you know if we go back to what we talked about when we really when we first started talking together this evening was about connection it was about mm -hmm. oneness right? right so right. the spirit of god that that is in me is in the, is the same spirit of god the same divine the same source that is in you that is in all living beings so whatever i put out there benefits you also because sure. we're connect we're connected Right. You know, so it's not even just about, you know, making the, you know, making the world a better place. You know, it's not funny. We do do that because if, if I'm healing myself or am I, if I'm putting love and joy and, and, and positive energy out there, then that's just reverberating to you and, and everybody else. And it's raising everybody's vib vib vibratory levels. Right. Okay. Well, I agree, and this is a very good time to come to the part of our show that we call Shameless Self-Promotion Corner. This is where you can you can shamelessly promote anything you would like. Okay, well, the, I'd like to shamelessly promote my book first, um, which is called God is in the Little Things, Messages from the Animals, and it's my, it's my true story. And my book is divinely written. You know, I had two very very direct spiritual communications um, that told me not only 
chapter by chapter what to write, but also gave me the book title. So, you know, I'm a year ago to a year ago, I hadn't even had any communication specific to the book, hadn't even started writing the book. In less than a year's time, you know, I wrote the book published it, left my job, and I'm, and I'm basically devoting my entire life, um, you know, um, all my time and talents to spreading the messages of connection and, and love and, and walking my spiritual path. My entire life has shifted dramatically um, based on my experiences. And, and I feel really, really strongly about wanting to share, you know, share the message of our spiritual truth, our spiritual power, um, to have, to help everybody, you know, kind of feel better and, and, you know, like you say, make the world a better place, you know, so, um, so I'd like to promote my book. I'd also like to say if, if listeners wanted to go to my website, GodIsInTheLittleThings.com. There's all sorts of information, you know, about my book and other things um, that they can. I write a couple blogs. I write for a magazine. There's, you know, a lot of stuff going on if they want to visit my website. Okay, very good. So it's GodIsInTheLittleThings.com. And um, I, I have your book downloaded on my Kindle, so it's in my rotation now. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on as a guest. You have been really fantastic, and I feel like we barely scratched the surface. And I hope that you will come back and join us again. Oh, I would love to. Absolutely love to. I enjoyed this uh, immensely. Great. Well, we'll have Cheryl. We'll have Cheryl make some arrangements with you, um, you know, at another time. So we're going to do a little bit of business. You are welcome to stay on the air and listen, or you can hang up and go about your life. But I hope that you will come back um, real, really soon, Cheryl. Hint, hint. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Karen and Rick, thank you very much for having me on this evening. I did. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, me too. Thanks. Yeah, Patricia thank Brooks, Patricia. everyone. Again, GodIsInTheLittleThings.com. The book is called God Is In The Little Things. It's available on Amazon.com. I know because while we were talking, I downloaded it on my Kindle. So there you go. Go and do it. <laughs> Cheryl Cheryl said she read it um, and was very moved by it. Oh, that's wonderful. All right. Yes. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, guys. Okay. okay. Cheryl. Hi. Hi. <laughs> So, Hi, Hi. thank oh. you. That was a that was a, an excellent an excellent call on the guests. I'm I'm fascinated. I'd like yeah. to you know have more time to talk to her. You know, it just never seems like I know we have with our guests probably about an hour and a half with mm -hmm. them total, mm -hmm. and it never seems like enough time. No, it doesn't, does it? And and no. I and I did read uh, Patricia's book. God is in the little things, messages from the animals. And I, I do highly recommend it. It's very quick and easy read. And it was very moving and it was very informative. And um, yeah, check, check it out. Definitely. All right. So um, you, before we, at the top of the show, mm -hmm. you were talking about the Apple newsstand with the magazine. Yeah. Um, so anybody who missed it earlier, uh, Paranormal Underground is starting this month going to be available on Apple Newsstand. So you can get it on your iPhone or iPad, which is exciting. Um, and so what is what can we expect in this month's Paranormal Underground magazine? Um, well, also I want to mention that the uh, those who have Apple devices and do subscribe 
uh, to the magazine on the newsstand platform, they'll be able to see videos, audio, click on some links throughout the magazine. So they'll actually be able to see and hear directly from our authors and sometimes even the people we profile. And so it's a very interactive experience. Yes. Both. Yes. Yes, it is, yep. and we'll we'll keep working on that um, as each month goes by. But I'm really excited about that interactivity, and that hopefully will be uh, up and running by the end of next week um, for our podcast listeners. That would be January seventeenth, twenty fourteen. So by the time our podcast listeners uh, listen here, we'll probably be already there and and online. Um, and so that this next issue. We have, of course, our our lineup of, of great articles. Um, Paul Green, who does our monthly parachat, talked with Leslie Smith. You may know Leslie, Leslie Smith if you watched Most Haunted. Um, she was on the show um, for a couple of seasons as the historian. Oh, right, right, right. Leslie yeah, Smith. okay. Yeah, yep, yeah. I know that and is. she works, um, part of what she does is she works as a as a sort of uh, press person at Tutbury Castle in the UK. And she does dramatic recreations um, there as well, which are really cool. So so we chat with Leslie. We also chat with Christopher Conlon, who is a paranormal investigator, as well as a documentarian. And he recently did a documentary on a case that he investigated. And it was a very serious case that... Uh, that, that that really um, changed his life. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, check out the profile, check out his website. You can find out more about him there. And then Karen has a really outstanding special report that I just I just Karen, it was it was so good. It's about understanding ghosts. So why don't you oh, tell that's us? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell tell us <laughs> tell us about it because I thought it was a really good breakdown. Of, of what are the different kinds of hauntings or spirits that people may come into contact with. Well, it is. And um, so I, I actually, I will tell you that it was somewhat divinely inspired. I woke up in the morning. I dreamed about it. I was supposed to write this. Mm-hmm. I sat down and before I knew it, it was written. So, you know, I, I, I don't feel like I had a lot to do with it, except that I took the dictation for it. Um, but it essentially it does it breaks down the different kinds of spirit but it isn't your typical you know this is what a ghost is this is what a poltergeist is it actually tries to lay a framework for understanding um understanding them like you would understand another human being connecting mm-hmm. with them working with them uh it's been a while since i i read it to tell you the truth Mm-hmm. But is, isn't that about what it was, Cheryl? Yeah, you yeah saw definitely. It more recently than I did. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> what it's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it's yeah. very in depth. It's it's sort of um, meant to be more of a not so much just this defines what they are, but look, these are spirits, these are souls, these are um, manifestations. Okay. Well, some of them, some of them aren't. They're manifestations mm-hmm. of spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think that when. It went along great with your paranormal top 10 list, which you do each month, too, on the top 10 things that may cause a haunting and what you can do about it. Oh, wow. Look at that. Look I at was, you. Yeah. 
yeah so definitely um, check out the issue I want to say that if if you do not have an Apple device do not worry it will still be available on our website you can um, purchase a PDF if you go to paranormalunderground.net so it will always be available to everyone because I have to tell you I don't have an Apple device so <laughs> yeah I'm I back love my in iPhone a, yeah stone ages I guess I don't know we have a lot of Apple devices in this house probably too many <laughs> I don't even have a smartphone. <laughs> you don't have a smartphone? No. You're still using like a flip phone or something? Yeah, I got one of those phones that you just push the main panel up and it, it shows a um, a keyboard and then you got to text that way. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, my phone. mother has one of those too. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, my grandmother has one of those. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. Thanks a lot. <laughs> But yeah, so so yeah. Again, I think this is a great way to kick off 2014 with a magazine, a great lineup. Rick, you wrote about the Battle of Los Angeles for our yes. Are We Alone column, and I think that's always um, a great a great event to revisit. It did happen, mm-hmm. you know, how many years ago did it happen? A long time, in the, in, you know, it was in the 40s, so it happened a long time ago. Yeah, but I mean, it happened mm-hmm. a mere three months after we entered um, World War Two. And I, I mean, there's there's a photograph, and I, I got to tell you something. I look at this photograph, and I read the story, and I do honestly, with all, and that sounds, it sounds so stupid, but with all my heart, I do believe that we did fire on something that was not of our world that night. It seems like it to me, definitely. And the photo is what yeah. really, really gets to me, because it's just, it's something that that is unidentified. I mean, yeah, you can and see this nuts and bolts thing, just... It's there. Kind of it's solid. It's it. yeah. It's there, and it's not anything that that we had seen before that time. Um, it's exciting. Exciting. Yeah. And then Rick, I, you... I look forward to reading that, Rick. <laughs> but now you know what? Now here's the funny thing. Remember, there was, there was the movie 1942 mm-hmm. or 41. What it was based on that event? That was the movie with John Belushi and and um, you know and and the re- and 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 a lot of the, the uh, alum from the original uh, Saturday night live mm-hmm. that was that was loosely based on that which i think was a better representation of it than the wait which movie Battle the Fort Los Angeles did you say? No, it was 1942. That was the. Yeah, it was ni- I know. No, it was 1942 or 41. I God, I can't remember. I always get it wrong with this. But I mean, it's like it's actually loosely based on this, which is, it was a better representation of it than the the stupid piece of garbage that came out a couple of years ago called The Battle for Los Angeles. Mm, yeah, I remember that movie. Yeah. Yep. 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 Jim um, watches that movie quite a lot. So. Oh, does he? Oh my God, he was- likes that that one. Uh, no, it's because it's on TV and he's sitting around uh, clicking through the channels and, you know, he's six apparently and likes to watch the same. It's like when Tanner was little. I do that little, though. I really do. Like when Tanner was little and he watched Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase three times a day, every yeah, day. That's I can awesome. still quote Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah Theo's really into like, yeah, it is a skill. Mm-hmm. You know, Theo's really into uh, uh, Curious George right now. So everything oh, is being man, acted the- out. It's so cute. Yep. Okay, so um, magazine, anything else with magazine? Um, just, you know, we have a feature from Chuck, and I just have to promote Chuck's show, which is on next after our show, called In the Dark Radio with Chuck Godsby. Yeah, but he's got, I hear he's got just like a lousy gift. Yeah, 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 don't, yeah, yeah you really does. don't listen tonight. No, 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 I'm just kidding. You have to listen tonight. It's our very own Rick Hale. That's exactly why I'm not listening. Oh, <laughs> oh. No. Actually, no, I'm not listening because I've got stuff I've got to do. 
Uh-huh. Well, Chuck I can play it in the background. Story. I'll play it in the background. Chuck has a has a really good show, and I'm okay. I'm Chuck biased because I'm a producer, but he really does. He really does. I swear. Um, yeah, Chuck is wonderful. He is. Chuck. He wrote a story for our January issue I that you, man. I really liked. It's called Mirrors and the Paranormal. So I just have to call that one out to our readers. Check that out. And yes, then, my my teammate Melinda mm-hmm. does not like mirrors. Yeah. She she doesn't like them on investigations. She doesn't like them in her house. Mm. She is not a mirror fan. <laughs> so Melinda, Vampire, yes, Melinda, read Chuck's. Yeah, and of course I have to mention Elaine Davison's article because she's joining our hey, our, our writing Elaine. staff. She wrote. Um, she's writing a monthly column on paranormal safety. And oh, and she, while we're mm-hmm. at it, yeah. Let's also promote the fact that Elaine's book on paranormal safety is out too. <gasps> oh yeah. Run. Yeah. Run, don't walk to, to yeah. Amazon.com, and it is an investigator's guide to paranormal safety by Elaine Davidson. Awesome! I'm, I've got. Yeah. I'm going to get that. I just, I haven't, but yeah. I, I'm going to get you that. Need for it, sure. You need it for your team. Um, you know, it could save a life. It's it's an important book. It's it's really that important. It could save lives. Yeah. 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 Really. Exactly. Um, so I'm excited. Elaine's going to be writing for us each month, and. Um, so yay, um, Bishop James Long, who joined our writing staff a few months ago, wrote about making New Year's resolution, and I think he made a really good point. Well, he always does, but in his in in this article, you know, he he says it's okay to take time for you. It's okay. You're not selfish if you take time for yourself because that's really how you are going to be healthy and how yep. spiritually yeah. you are going to be able to grow in in and move forward in life. And so I think it's a really good article. You know, it, it's 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 not so much paranormal in nature, but it's spiritual, and we also cover those topics. So I, I, I really love that article from Bishop Long. Excellent. Very yeah. good. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about upcoming shows. Yay! All right. We have a great lineup coming up for this month and beyond. And next week we are talking with um, a couple of... Uh, Paranormal Investigators on the first hour we'll be talking about Corey Stolberg of uh, Nexus Paranormal and then on the second hour of the show we're going to be talking to Luke Millett and Rick talked to him about it uh, talked to us about a little bit earlier in the show he's an investigator and he recently made the documentary called Ghost Tapes and is working on a sequel excellent yeah so that's going to be that's going to be great hearing from both uh, Corey and and Luke, and then January twenty third, Nate Raiderman. Uh, he's the founder of Tri City Research and Investigation of the Paranormal, also known as Trip Paranormal, and he will be talking with us with us on January twenty third. And then we're gonna talk about pets again and um, animals and pet communication with Eden Cross on the thirtieth. Cool, I love that. I mm-hmm. you know. I used to be kind of skeptical. If I was skeptical about anything, I mean, you know, I was always a little skeptical mm-hmm. about everything. But the thing that I was, and clearly that's changed. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the thing I was the most skeptical about was pet communication. Mm-hmm. But I was interviewing a lady for a, a local psychic for the newspaper, actually, um, the local newspaper here, because I write for the Chronicle here in Lewis County, mm-hmm. Washington. And... Um, she started, and she's a psychic, but she's also a pet communicator, and she started reading my dogs. And boy, she was right mm-hmm. about them. It was really funny. 
Yeah, I, I watched a couple of videos um, of Eden Cross. Um, she had done some local news shows and she was doing some readings for them. And boy, the the pet owners were, were seriously amazed that she had honed in on, you know, what they knew and, and what they could confirm yeah. about their own pets. It was it was pretty amazing. Okay. Yeah. So very interesting stuff. Um, in February, I'm still booking guests, but we do have coming back we haven't talked to him in quite a while maybe a couple of years even dave considine he's the founder oh, and director great. yeah of phantasm psychic research and he knows a lot about demonology and um, the paranormal yeah good that'll be yeah. fun and then you're gonna and then we have of course dr sim that we talked about earlier yes yes and that will be a pre-recorded interview but that will broadcast i believe i said on february 6th Right, and then maybe you can, you know, the psychic I was just talking about that I interviewed for the paper, she yeah. might be down for some time yes. in February, too. Yeah, definitely, you know, hopefully um, either on uh, February, well, I'll have to contact her, but hopefully in early February or even late February, whenever she's available. Well, it was so funny because she said, you know, she didn't really know anything about me except that I wrote for the paper. Mm -hmm. And she said, we were just chatting at the, after the interview when the tape recorder was turned off and we were off the record. And she said, well, um, you know, my spirit guides have been telling me that um, I need to start doing radio shows. And oh. I said, I happen mm. to have one. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is she extremely said, oh, funny. Well, that would maybe be why they told me to watch for that. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, definitely. She didn't so I was, know I that. was foretold. No, she didn't know that because okay. it, I mean, she's local and people locally know me. Um, for other things I do, but not necessarily as much for the paranormal stuff. I mean, there are people within the community where we've investigated their homes and businesses that know me for that. Um, okay. Like I was at the, I was at Safeway one day, and some lady, and I wasn't wearing my South Sound Paranormal Research stuff or anything. She looked at me and she said, "Are they ever going to start doing those paranormal tours at the museum again?" And I was like, "How do you know who I?" Am? <laughs> Wow! So occasionally, oh my so gosh. occasionally somebody knows knows about the paranormal stuff, but I'm more nice. known, you know, for the writing in the paper and working at the museum and that type of thing. So sure, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, okay. Well, so good stuff coming up, guys. Yeah. Chock Very full of exciting. paranormal goodness, as always. You know, and and I'd like to um I. If you liked this show where we talked about more spiritual things, let Cheryl know. Email our editor at paranormalunderground.net or drop a note on the Facebook page because um, I like these topics. I think Me Cheryl too. and Rick do too. And we'd like oh, to yeah. know if you, our listeners, like them too mm -hmm. because it's nice to talk about things other than just ghosts all the time. I agree. Yes. I, I like to vary up the topics. I um, Karen just gave out my email address. You can contact me there. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. Um, you can go to the website, uh, paranormalunderground.net, and go to the Contact Us page, and it'll, that'll come right to me. I've gotten a couple of really great guest suggestions lately, so please keep mm -hmm. them coming. We like to book um, people for interviews, um, whether it be, you know, they're investigators, whether, whether they are psychics, whether, you know, they're whatever. We, we love them all. <laughs> We like to we like to talk to people who do a broad range of things, you know, right. from everything from cryptozoology to really metaphysical topics. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had a great time, for instance, talking to Michaela about oh, yeah. crystal healing and sound he healing and vampires. And I mean, so there's, 
if you've got a suggestion for a guest, or even if you think you'd be a good guest, get mm-hmm. in touch with, with Cheryl. Yeah, don't be shy. If you're a good guest, let me know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you have to. The, the better the guests, the more the guests, the less you have to listen to Rick and me blather on. <laughs> Nobody likes to hear that. And really, that's a good thing. So, okay. Um, so, stick around. We have come to. I'm going to cough. I'm so sorry. It's all right. <coughs> I have a dog in my lap, and he's like, his fur is shedding into my throat. Oh, that's And not meanwhile, good. my other dog is digging her food dish because she got all the food out of it, and now she's mad because there's no food in it because she threw it all <laughs> over the floor. So, if you hear banging, nice. it's her. It's the tiny one, Monkey. She's throwing, throwing her it. food dish, which is bigger than her, around temper, because temper. she's mad because she got all the food out. Right. This is her signal to come fill it with more food. <laughs> Anywho, um, so. This has been a great show. Yeah. Stick around oh, awesome. to listen to Rick on um, In the Dark Investigations, In the Dark Radio. Yes. Yeah, with Chuck, um, you can hear their bromance, turn the lights down low, turn up the berry white. You'll enjoy yourselves. Um, <laughs> and you guys, everybody have a good week. We'll be back next time, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Other times in the flyover states, it's Thursday nights, Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. If you'd like to be a guest on Normal Underground Radio, email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at paranormalunderground.net. Please join us next week for Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network.